Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Podcast, a podcast from Derbyshire Children's Hospital. Uh, my name is Dr Sarah Simons, I'm an F2 in the East Midlands and I'm joined today by Dr Ian Lewins, one of the consultants from Derbyshire Children's Emergency Department. Hello. We're going to talk today about rashes, um, a parent favourite and a much heard GP referral. Absolutely. So we're going to talk a bit about what rashes you should be worried about, yep. uh, which rashes are common and what you really need to be worried about in terms of when to escalate rashes. Okay, yep. So a rash is just typically a skin presentation, so something that parents have often noticed that wasn't there when they put their kid to bed the night before, for example, yep. um, or something that's come up over the course of a day. Uh, typically sort of a red marking on the skin, so on the limbs, on the trunk, sometimes on the face. Yep. So what are the concerning features of a rash? Okay. And the, the commonest question we get asked, or the commonest presentation is, non-blanching rash yeah. or, or and called by GP to say what shall I do about this child with a non-blanching rash um, and with the big push on meningococcal sepsis parents are now I think very familiar and very aware of the tumbler test mm. and although not everybody can do it quite right so mm. often one of the things that if a parent comes and say oh, they've got a rash that doesn't go and it does go I'd sit down and say, actually, this is what I'm looking at. So I, yeah. often what I would do is find the rash, pull my finger across it and go, look, can you see mm. how this is disappearing? Mm-hmm. And I've got a convenient freckle here. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, look, obviously this is not a non rash. This is not a, a rash. Mm-hmm. But actually, if I pull my finger over it, the freckle doesn't go. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mean by a non-blanching rash. Those are the rashes that we worry about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the common presentation is, look... My child's been a bit under the weather for a few days, bit of a cough, bit of a snotty nose, and now they've got this rash. Is it meningococcal disease? They always say, is it meningitis? Which causes me to slightly grate, because it's not meningitis, it's meningococcal. But that's a different More argument. More on that another time. Yes, <laughs> uh, pet hate. Um, but it's, so what do I do about it? And if you go back to when I was an SHO, F1 equivalent, which sadly is the last century, that's deeply depressing um we didn't have a guideline we didn't have a protocol so somebody thought actually it would be a really good idea if we did Mm. develop a guideline and a a protocol um so there was a multi-center study um coming out of i think newcastle birmingham and liverpool it's i think it's nbl might be leeds could be liverpool can't remember um and what happened was that any child with a non-blanching rash that came through the door got entered into the spotty rash trial so what you as the poor SHO had to do was you took the history did the examination and on a pro forma you had to mark where every single spot was gosh yes and how big they were so you measured every single one oh yes (laughs) (laughs) you you can imagine the fun as you I'm not going to see that one yeah Uh, I'll go and see the limb um you would so you measure it, you document it, and then you did some blood tests. Mm-hmm. And the important thing was that when you'd done all that, how you chose to treat that child was still left up to you because you didn't still didn't quite know. Okay. Who needed antibiotics and who mm. didn't? Um, so you they then collected all the data and came up with the protocol that we use today. And one of the interesting things was that at the centre I was at, at Queen's in Nottingham at the time, when they came back and looked at all the data for the whole year, when the, the when the treatment was left up to the SHO, only one child was missed 
so only one child who actually turned out to have meningococcal positive blood cultures was missed, mm-hmm. which was a slightly unusual young lady who, when we rang her up and said, you need to come back, they were like, oh, right, she's fine, she's at school at the moment. Oh. <laughs> so was not unwell with it. Yeah. So clearly had chronic sort of meningococcal carriage. But actually, the, the, and I think the really nice thing about that is you can say to people, actually, yes, we worry about these things, but actually your judgment, your gut feeling yeah. is pretty good. Which I think is a valid consideration because sort of across all areas of medicine isn't it is that your gut feeling often says as much as blood tests and observations and things as well absolutely and as you know one of the things that myself and and, and, uh, colleague Damien Rowland in Leicester will say is that in paediatrics observation is an assessment tool as as much as blood tests the observation is an investigation yeah Um, So that's how we came up with the protocol. Mm -hmm. So the protocol runs this way. The first question is a really quite easy one is, are you ill? It's a good place to start. Do they look ill? Do they look uh, horribly tachycardic, Mm -hmm. hypotensive, poorly perfused, with a non-blanching rash? They're easy. Yeah. They're clearly very, very sick, but Mm -hmm. actually the decision-making behind it is very straightforward. They need antibiotics. They need the whole kit and caboodle. There's no ambiguity if you've got a child who's unwell. Correct. So that's the first one. Most kids aren't, though. Mm-hmm. Most kids are maybe a bit under the weather, but not... They're poorly, but they're not ill. Yeah. Which is a subtle but really important distinction. Yeah. Um, so the next question is, OK, let's have a look at this rash. Are they petechiae mm-hmm. or are they purpura? OK, so what's the flagship difference, then, between petechiae and purpura? Size. So it's size. Petechiae should be a pinprick rash. Mm-hmm. So I say to folks, look, it's as if somebody stabbed a child with a pin repeatedly. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what we mean by petechiae. Purpura are bigger, splodgier. Mm-hmm. Great word, splodgier. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more than a couple of millimetres in size. Okay. So if they've got a purpuric rash, they need a bit of investigating. And mm-hmm. um, because you may be, you're going down a whole different route of look, has this child got a clotting disorder? Has this child got a bleeding disorder? Has this child got ITP? Has mm-hmm. this child got leukemia? Something like that. So they need some bloods. They need a bit of a workup. Mm-hmm. But if you've done all those things and the clotting's normal and the platelet count's normal and they've not got features of leukemia and they or HSP, mm-hmm. which is the other common yeah. splodgy rash on the legs and bum if they've got none of those things and you've still got a child with this purpuric rash then actually you probably should treat as having meningococcal disease give them antibiotics mm. so they're fairly easy question one are you poorly question two have you got purpura but most kids don't have either of those mm-hmm. most kids have just got the pinprick non blanche rash and question three says okay where is your rash um, and what we're thinking about is okay, is it above the nipple line? Is all your rash above the nipple line? Mm-hmm. Typically, with a history of coughing and vomiting, because if it's above the nipple line, it's in the SVC distribution, mm-hmm. and the child who's been coughing, retching, will have raised their intrathoracic pressure and burst those blood vessels. Okay, so, so it's say, a reactive yeah, rash that you see. It's a pressure. Because what you say to folks is, look, the rash is blood in the skin. And it's blood that's leaked out of the skin because they've been coughing so much. And typically with the coughing or vomiting, it's around the eyes. 
so it's classically around the eyes. Mm-hmm. My very good friend of mine has got a fantastic, maybe he still does, has a fantastic passport photo mm. where he'd gone out the evening before, indulged a little heavily, okay. uh, was quite unwell, and had to go for his passport photo the next day, covered in fabulous petechial rash all over his face. So, but if it's all in the SVC and they're not ill, they're not purpuric, actually you don't need to do anything. You can reassure the folks, Mm -hmm. this is because of coughing, this is because of vomiting, and they can go home. So that's like a secondary rash, I suppose, to something underlying that's caused kid to cough, rather than a primary rash that would be the initial sort of presentation. Absolutely. So most of those, very straightforward, go home. Then the last group is the, well, okay, they're, they're not ill, it's not purpuric, but it's below the nipple line, and that's when you do some blood tests. Mm-hmm. So we would do a full blood count, a CRP, a blood culture, and a meningococcal PCR. Um, if all your bloods, your CRP's normal, your white count's normal, clotting's normal, then actually you can reassure them, and again, they can go home. But if your white count's elevated or your CRP's elevated then actually they probably warrant some antibiotics. And whether you admit them and give them antibiotics or whether you ambulate them and give them antibiotics mm. uh, is, is up to the individual unit. But abnormal blood tests... Warrants treatment. Warrants treatment. Yeah. So, okay. so it's a fairly straightforward um, guideline and protocol. And not so long ago, the, um, the original team that had come up with a guideline went back and reassessed and said actually we we came up with this guideline quite some time ago is it still valid Mm -hmm. because there is uh, an alternative nice guideline which includes fever Mm. so the the guideline we're using does not include fever quite deliberately and they said well okay nice uses that we use that are they still valid and, and which one's better and actually it turns out that in terms of sensitivity and specificity the sensitivity for this guideline is when applied correctly Mm. is 100 percent okay and the specificity is about 85 percent so you will over treat a small proportion but actually you won't miss anybody which is which is what you want whereas the nice guidance doesn't run at 100% sensitivity mm-hmm. and its specificity is, runs at about 50%, so significantly really, yeah. over treating. And the reason fever's not in there is because lots of kids with snotty noses will have, surprise, surprise, fever. Mm. And equally, you can have meningococcal disease and not have fever. And to, to sort of say you've not got fever, you, you will miss somebody, yeah. uh, which is, is worrying. So that's the stepwise approach that I would take to anybody with a, a non-blanching rash. Okay. The other question that we often get from GPs is, look, I've got this kid with non-blanching rash. Do I give him penicillin? Shall I give him a bum full of penicillin whilst mm. they're here? To which answer is, well, you can see him and I can't. Yeah. If you're worried enough, then I would advise, mm. give him some penicillin. Mm. It won't actually change my management Okay, when they arrive to here. When they arrive to here. So I will treat them irrespective of whether you've done that. Mm -hmm. But if you think you're you're concerned enough, then don't hesitate. Because there was some concern a little while back at a paper that that sort of said, actually, do you know what, all these kids who've got penicillin in the community, they're doing much worse. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe actually giving the penicillin is 
doing something to these children and they're doing worse in terms of morbidity and mortality. Mm. Actually, what it turned out was that primary caregivers were simply identifying the iller ones. So it was a skewed population. And they were always going to do worse. Yeah. So if you get the, should I give, I'm not sure, the answer is, if you are concerned, yes, give. Yeah. It won't change what I do and it won't worsen their outcome, but yeah. it actually might just... But actually, if you don't give when you should have, then that's where the outcomes are going to be poorer. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, So there's just a couple of other rashes to touch on. So scarlet fever is something that we see not uncommonly uh, with children, and that typically is the rash and then the strawberry tongue that we see. Um, Any thoughts on (laughs) when to treat, when not to treat, and what to look for in that respect? Yeah, I mean, scarlet fever, as you say, is is something that's, that's... making a real comeback at the moment where mm-hmm. we sort of see a, an increasing amount of it um, and you're absolutely right it's the classic sort of high fever scarlet fever so you've got to have a fever mm-hmm. um, a fairly widespread rash which is described as sandpapery so it's rough to the touch mm-hmm. it's fairly widespread erythematous rash big strawberry tongue and it's worth seeing a strawberry what you mean by a strawberry tongue because when you go oh that's what you mean by a strawberry tongue uh, uh, yeah. you know you can sort of see that and they often get a bit of what we call perioral sparing so it's it's the covered in rash mm. but actually around the mouth where you might sport a beard for example mm. it'll be white it'll be clear so it won't be affected mm-hmm. so high fever widespread rough sandpaper rash big strawberry tongue equals and scarlet fever equals 10 days of disgusting penicillin mm. okay and I think there's a couple of other rashes as well that we see, so shingles sometimes, yep. and chicken pox in particular. Yep. So I think often we don't treat those patients, but there's always a risk, and sometimes we see children who've perhaps got bacterial superimposition of an infection on that. Yep. What would you be worried about with a child who's come back? Um, it's we, we often get asked to sort of say, I think this child's got infected chicken pox. And most of the time it isn't, mm. is the honest answer. Yeah. It's just you, you're getting localised redness around the vesicle itself, and that's normal. That's part of the chicken box. Um, you, you the, the, one, the children often to worry about are those maybe with bad eczema, for example. So getting eczema hepaticum, so mm-hmm. getting actually chicken pox in their sort of already inflamed, angry, unhappy skin. Mm. Um so and they tend to be a bit more unwell you know it's difficult because children with chicken books are miserable and hot yeah um but the the eczema hepaticum tends to be sort of quite nasty quite widespread um and weeping and you know you can swab those vesicles for both virus and bacteria to sort of see if there's anything else going on there um and you might choose to give them some antibiotics you might choose to give them some acyclovir mm largely because it makes you feel better rather than necessarily the child feeling better yeah. um, but but most children who've got chickenpox where it's is it infected it isn't really okay. the, the groups to really worry about would be those children who are undergoing chemotherapy yeah. very different group of kids so if you're immunosuppressed then that's when you'd be more concerned. exactly yeah. can make you very poorly children who are long-term steroid users so children with nephrotic syndrome mm-hmm. for example who are having high doses of steroids children with Down syndrome can can become very poorly with chicken pox. But the, the normally healthy, n- n- uh, immunocompetent child, miserable, itchy, 
Mm. Everyone else is miserable, but actually generally will be fine. And okay. doesn't need anything doing other than a bit of reassurance. All right. So it sounds like the take-home messages from rashes are very much dependent, again, on the kid. So if the kid's poorly, if the rash is blanching, and a number of other things, so including sort of the kid's medical history. What would your top take-home points be for looking at an, a rash in A&E? Okay. Um, so it's it's thinking about it's, it as has always it's it's what's the history mm-hmm. when what's the examination what does it fit with um, and ag- again I would say look if it's uh, particularly if it's an unwell child or with a purit rash escalate early get somebody senior to come and help you and, and manage them alongside you I think that's it fair enough thank you very much okay thank you.